Welcome to the Chuck Shoot Podcast. It's uh, trying times here if you're listening to this when it is released. If Hopefully, if you're listening months later, we can all look back and laugh at this whole coronavirus thing. Um, but as of now, it's a little bit stressful. So tr- still trying to keep my uh, part of entertaining the world and hopefully it's entertaining or interesting. But uh, I have comedian Mo Mandel today. It's a short interview. Um, because originally we were going to go to the show and they're going to do the interview there live in the green room. Uh, but of course the coronavirus pandemic happened and now, um, we had to just do a phone interview. So it was a little bit shorter. Um, I had a lot of more questions I was ready to ask him. So maybe we'll do another interview at another time, but Mo Mandel, um, great comedian. I think very underrated. A lot of his videos on YouTube and Instagram are very funny. In my opinion, I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. And uh, they don't have as many views as I would I would think they would have. And I was going to ask him about that. But we didn't get to that. Uh, but he's been on the Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Conan O'Brien, over forty appearances on Chelsea Lately. Uh, he's been on mod- he guest starred on Modern Family, Two Broke Girls, uh, shows with it did uh, Free Agents, um, some show that was canceled, but it was with Hank Azaria and Natasha Leggero, Catherine Hahn. Um, show called Happy Endings that my girlfriend and I loved. He was a guest on that. Worked with Kate Hudson. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He's got a great resume. And he's still going. He's still kicking butt. And so we did talk about some of this stuff. But uh, again, I think uh, I would like to meet up with him again so I can ask him more questions. Um, But I hope you guys enjoy the short interview that we have. And uh, hopefully it can maybe take your mind off of this uh, pandemic for 20 minutes or so. And uh, yeah, so enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I guess just, we'll start with the elephant in the room, uh, coronavirus, big thing on everybody's mind right now. Like I know you kind of have a little bit of a germ phobia. So how are you dealing with that? Oh man, it's been insane. I mean, it's just such a, it's such a weird thing. First of all, the weirdest thing is that people are actually coming to the show. Hmm. I mean, I, I honestly can't believe that. Like, you know, we've had. I think we had like 90 people at the early show yesterday, 90 people there on Friday at the early show. And it's like, you know, there's a national emergency of germs. Yeah. And people are coming to a show sitting right next to each other. Right. And seemingly not giving a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, uh, I saw like a picture of you with the fans kind of with some uh, space in between as you're taking photos. Is that kind of what you're doing to kind of prevent the spread of germs there? Or Oh, yeah. I'm not fucking around at all. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even doing elbows at this point. And oh, wow. Okay. I'm not selling merch. I, uh, me and the other comics, like, you know, before we even take the stage, we're wiping down the mic. Okay, that's smart. You know, in between each comic, each comic's got their own little Lysol wipe. That's cool. Uh, yeah, man, you can't fuck around. So, I mean, some of this is probably good. I mean, because it's also going to reduce the spread of, like, the flu and other d- diseases that, you know, are harmful, too. So, that's probably a good thing, man. I mean, hey, that is, that is a very optimistic way to look at it. That yeah. is true. It is, it is definitely going to stop the spread of some other stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not selling merch. And my other, I had a gig coming up in, in San Francisco at the end of March. That's already gotten canceled. So I'm kind of curious, yo. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But this could definitely, I don't know. If you look at what's going on in Europe, I mean, this this could definitely become some something pretty major in the next week or so. Yeah. I mean, it already is, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, let's try to, uh, I guess we'll try to just do this regular interview, like pretend like everything's fine, but, uh, <laughs> I do want to talk about you. Yeah. So, uh, Mandel, Jewish That's name, what everyone's gonna do with their lives. 
Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, yeah Mandel. We're going to try to move on. It. So, yeah, Mandel, your name's Jewish. Uh, your father wanted to name you Mohan, thinking it was a Jewish name, but he later found out that was Hindu. So then they just you just went with straight Mo. Just M- Is that your birth name, Mo? M-O? <laughs> no, I like how you did your research. It's great. Yeah. Uh, no, I, they, no, I was Mohan is my birth name. And uh, I actually went by Mohan until uh midway through college i think I okay just, and then i was finally t- tired of you know i don't know having to repeat the story or have people asking him what because it's a weird name because because they, they hear mohan and they think oh that is they think it's really jewish but it's not even jewish it's hindu all. yeah <laughs> interesting all right all right so yeah i thought that was interesting i also found it was interesting you wanted to originally be a novelist and you studied creative writing at the university of california in santa barbara that is has to be one of the most beautiful parts of the country that i've ever seen i'm actually i'm from washington state but i moved to arizona i was originally looking at either phoenix or santa barbara i I couldn't really afford santa barbara but you got to tell me what it was like to go to college there that had to be amazing Uh, yeah it is it is truly one of the prettiest places on earth in fact that's where i i recently got engaged in uh i guess it would have been september i should probably know this october <laughs> and uh no august that's what it was and we and i got and it was up in santa barbara yeah and, yeah. and i hadn't been there in a while i forgot just how pretty it is which is amazing that anyone yeah studies there at all or gets anything done but yeah what do you do what is college uh, like life or life uh like there though is there like i mean there's not well. There's oh, a little bit of nightlife, but do people go out and party, or is it just everyone's on the beach surfing, or no, what? No, no, it's completely like ASU. It's just like a complete, you know, party school, debaucherous fuckfest. Yeah, total party school. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a complete mess. Gotcha. And, uh, but at the same time, it's a very, very good school. You know, so yeah. It's kind of funny. By the time I graduated, I was like, well, there is no way in hell I would have gotten in here now because the yeah. standards have kept going up. Oh. So you know, I graduated. I don't know what it's like now. Right. Well, it's got to be competitive. But so you graduate, then you move to London. What the, What were you doing in London for six months? So I uh, I did. I had a, done like a study abroad. Oh, okay. And yeah. So I had met this this girl over there my junior year when I was in England, and uh, we were we continued dating long distance. And so by the time I graduated, you know, I decided to move back over there and live with her illegally in her dorm room. I wasn't. I was in London. I had got like a, a, a visa for six months, but then I had, I was living in her dorm room under the radar for six months, and uh, while she was still finishing up school, and then you know, eventually by the end of that, we kind of hit this point where I was like, all right, well now she's graduating, either uh, we get married or you know what the fuck we're we gonna do. And she was from the Bahamas. Mm. She was doing, she, you know, so it was kind of like, am I gonna move to fucking Nassau? Is she gonna move to California? Mm. So eventually we ended up breaking up yeah but that is where i started comedy i started doing some of the open mics over there oh. it was a total, uh, you know fucking weird experience to be the only american dude on stage yeah especially it was yeah it was during the uh, you know the afghanistan war was just starting so people were definitely oh, wow. not thrilled with americans at that time because we were like dragging england into it and stuff gotcha so then so you started comedy or, there or so that's how they looked at it yeah that's how they looked at it I don't know. Right. So then you started coming there, but then, so why did you move to San, you, you moved to San Francisco to pursue your dreams? Why San Francisco? It doesn't strike. Is it because of the you comedy know, competition? With comedy, or? No, with comedy, you always want to find a good, I think the best way to do it is to find like a good B city where you can really, you know, get your chops up before you come to LA or New York. Oh. That way you can come in the, those places with some, with some juice. 
you know, gotcha. and some momentum, get a lot of stage time. And uh, oh. L.A. is so competitive on stage. San Francisco at the time had a great, really great open mic scene. Hmm. And I had heard that from a few people. So, yeah, that's how I chose it. So it seems like it moved pretty quick. And um, you got you placed third in the in the uh, international comedy competition there. And then, then is that when you got the national attention and you got on the Comedy Central's open mic fight in 2007? Was that? So how many years into comedy had that, well, that been like five years, five or six years? Yeah, I started comedy like, no, it was a little less than that. I mean, I, I really started stand up in 2004. Okay. So, so yeah, not too long then, huh? Yeah, well... At this point, it's been a while. <laughs> sure, so sure. Funny. That, that seems like a long fucking time to me. But I had, at the time, yeah, I, I guess it was about two and a half, three years. Probably mm. about three years by the time I San Francisco Comedy Competition. That yeah. was like the end of 2006. So, yeah, it was about two and a half, three years. But that's pretty uh, quick to get on Comedy Central, right? Some some comedians work their whole lives and still never get on Comedy Central, right? Well, yeah, by the time I won that, that, that was 2008. So okay. 2000, that, oh. Or 2000, the end of 2007. So yeah, I guess that was like four years. Mm. It would have been about just under four years by the time I won that competition. So by the time I was on the competition, yeah, it was like four and a half years. Yeah, no, wow. it was definitely very fast. You know, it was definitely That's very good. fast. Um, it didn't seem crazy fast <laughs> to me at the time. I felt like I was doing like open mic after open mic, yeah. working, 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 you know. Um, so at the time it felt about normal to me because it seemed like, you know, other people I knew had gotten on TV around that time, but you know, it's an interesting thing with comedy. You know, it's like you can, it's, it's not, a, it's not a linear, uh, ascension. You know what I mean? There's it's up and down. It's pits and valleys. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that was definitely a nice, that was a big boost. And, and when I won that, yeah, so I won that comedy central competition and, uh, that, that allowed me to kind of move to LA with a little money in my pocket. Uh, is that when, credit. yeah. And then you did sure. the, the late show with Craig Ferguson. Was that, that was your first TV so show, actually, right? No, I had done that. I had done that before. Oh. I had, uh, it's actually funny how it all worked out actually, because I guess it is connected. Oh, I never really thought about uh. it, but I won the comedy or I got third in the comedy competition. Um, that sort of put me on the radar to some of the club owners in San Francisco. And then I got booked to open mm. for Craig Ferguson at some club. When I was uh. doing that, I, uh, through that, he, you know, he, he got me on his show and then I submitted that tape to comedy central. So I guess it all just kind of, yeah, led to itself. But at that point I got on Craig Ferguson just by asking him to be on it. Wow. After, after I, after I'd opened for him, you asked him and you said, Hey, can I come on your show? Yeah. I opened for him. And, uh, yeah. Cause what's he going to say? He's going to look like a jerk. If he says no, that's pretty uh, ballsy. He could have easily said no, but he was actually very nice. He said, he said, you want to come on my show? Yeah, he can be on my show. Everybody, every deserves, deserves a chance. He's so nice. You know, and he gave me his, uh, the booker's email and, uh, I was in, I was on the show within a month. It was unbelievable. And then I, this was interesting and too. If I try to get on, if I try to get on James Corden right now, which was the same show, you know, yeah. Greg Ferguson hosted James Corden. I probably couldn't even do it. Really? Like, you don't think so? I, probably, I mean, I don't know. It'd be hard, you know, hmm. going through a manager. You know, then you got to submit a tape. Then you got to get in line. Maybe I can get on corner. It'll probably take me like a year and a half just to have to go through the process of sending the tapes. It takes forever. But, but so, that, or once you're in, aren't guy. you kind of in? Because like with Conan, you've been on there four times. So, do they just they remember you and they like you? And so, just every couple of years, they ha- ask you to come on, or how does that work? Um, no, you have to. You know, you hit up. Yeah, I guess sort of. You hit them up. You say, hey, this is the set I'm trying to do. Mm. But like each of those clo- each of those shows have their own booker. Um, and uh, have I been on four times? Yeah, I thought it was like three times. Maybe it's three, three or four times. I don't know on Conan, but it, but it, yeah, you have to, uh, yeah, you have to kind of get in with that crew and and uh, and that Booker. And so 
I don't even, you know, you know, you never really know if that booker of a particular show likes you or not. You just have to kind of hope they do. Right. Gotcha. It's like, it all comes down to like one dude. For the most yeah. Time. So it's, uh, that's always a funny thing. To come, you know, it's so subjective and everything. And then, so how'd you get on Chelsea lately? Was that, did you know her or was it, was it the booker on that one too? Cause you did like 40 was, appearance on that one, right? Yeah. That was a great one for me. That was when, uh, that really helped me start. Yeah, I, I guess I was like performing it. You know, once you kind of come to LA, you're kind of in the in the mix. You start sort of getting asked to be on different shows, and then you know, bookers are at those different shows, and then uh, yeah. you know, before you know it, you're on them. So I think that's yeah. I think the booker had uh, had seen me in a show, or whatever. And then once you're on, you know, if you do well, Chelsea likes you, and they ask you yeah. back. And oh, that's cool. Kind of goes from there. Yeah. And what about um, being a paid regular? You're are you still a paid regular at the comedy store? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's where I perform there. I'll be there a, a couple times a week. You know. That is such a great uh, thing. Yeah, we went to LA and we went there and we I couldn't believe like literally almost every famous comedian like Joe Rogan, Jeffrey Ross, they were all there just that night just happened to pop in. Um, I mean, that's got to be amazing like, to work with all those guys, night, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you get so spoiled. You don't you don't really realize it that you're like on a show with like you know, the first eight people in the lineup do theaters. I mean, it's just ridiculous, you know. Oh, so, you, I'm very very honored to be a paid regular at the comedy store. Your name's up there on the wall. On the wall. I mean, it's just sort of yeah. a big thing, you know, and, and it is, I think at this point, unquestionably the best comedy club in America, if not, you know, if not the best, the top, it's definitely either that or the comedy seller. There's no, there's no discussion beyond that, you know? So yeah. You had an interesting uh, take on it though. You were saying like, there's so many f- famous people there, but there's also a lot of people who are paid regulars who are not famous. And it'd be interesting to follow them and like, see what happened. Cause there is, there's so many names and you walk through and you see all the pictures of people and you're like, you obviously you recognize some of them, but then there's a lot that you don't. And I feel like comedy's changed no, too, 100%. because yeah. yeah, I feel like comedy's changed too, because there's so many people now that there, there's like different levels of fame. Like, whereas before, like if you're not on TV at a certain time, like, then you're just done. But now there's YouTube and all these other reality shows and things that where you can, there's different levels where you can keep going as a comedian and maybe not be as famous, but you can, you can do the game for, for years. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it seems to be, I mean, but I mean, when I was sort of coming up, yeah, I would, I would open for guys who had been on the tonight show, like you know 20 years ago and they were still sort of torn off that credit, you know, for hmm. as long as they could. But that is a weird thing with the comedy store. Yeah. I mean, it has all the Joe Rogans and the fucking Jeffrey Ross and everything right. there now. But that, yeah, you look on the wall, you're like, well, who the fuck was Tammy Johansson or whatever? <laughs> like, who was that fucking person? You know? Yeah. And then uh, it would be interesting to kind of, someone should do that, actually. Like, where did these people, it'd probably be very depressing, but like, what yeah. are all these comics from the 80s doing? Yeah. Like, now? do you think they're still doing comedy or just like maybe on the side now? I don't know. It'd be interesting. I would think that probably a lot of them are yeah. sort of sad. Or road know, road comics or something or somewhere. Maybe they moved to a different city yeah. or who knows. Are you, um, knows. do you work with uh, Fahim? I used to watch him in Seattle all the time when he was like up and coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Fahim's a good friend of mine. I, I, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I do you think, yeah, do you think he's one of those young up, up, up and coming guys that like, I mean, he's he's got a level of fame right now, but do you think he's going to break even more? Or is there other comedians oh. that you that you that you yeah, see that are absolutely. on their on the brink right now? Yeah, I definitely think Fahim Fahim Anwar for people listening. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely think he is one hundred percent about to be very very famous. I mean, he's just so talented. Yeah, no, uh, there's so, there's so many people that you see though. You're just like, man, that guy's that guy's really uh, on his way up. But Fahim, I'd say, is one of the the absolute top ones that everyone sees. It's like it's only a matter of time, you know. Right. But it's a weird thing with stand up now. I mean, you have to kind of find your way through. Like Fahim, mm-hmm. I think is. 
you know, he's a tremendous joke writer, a tremendous performer, and that's, you know, those videos are getting put past around. But I think he's really finding a name for himself with the little kind of sketches on Instagram. Yeah, really he's really good at that. Through. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, it's so funny with stand-up because a lot of times for most of these people, stand-up is not the first thing that breaks them through. You know, someone True. likes their Twitter or their podcast. Yeah. And they also like their stand-up, but it's, it's such an interesting time right now. No, you're right. There's And it almost seems like you kind of have to do multiple things. So you can't just be a stand-up. You got to do a podcast and TV work yeah. and, and uh, go on people's podcasts and things and, and the tonight show. they got to do like everything it used to just be like there was stand-up and there was like you know a couple comedy clubs and a couple shows you could go on and then you know if you weren't on those shows like that was it but now there's so many different things and it almost seems like you have to do a lot of them to really keep it to be right. competitive right yeah no you can you definitely cannot just do stand-up there is no world in which that's enough yeah uh, so yeah one of the yeah. things you did was the uh, a sketch comedy show reality bites back with, uh, I mean, you got to work with Amy Schuer, Burt Kreischer, and Theo Vaughn. What was that like? Are you still in touch with those and guys? Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, wow. She's pretty big, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was a show. I was on a conversation. That was a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. Theo is one of my best buds. I was actually the head writer for his Comedy Central pilot last year. Yeah. And um, Amy, I mean, I don't really ever see her. She's she's a, she's a New York person, though, so I really never oh. did see much of Amy. Okay. You know, I... I she, I think if I did see her, you know, we'd still definitely be friendly. She's very nice, as I remember, but I haven't seen her in many years. Bert, for sure, see him all the time. Tiffany, see her every now and then. But, you know, once people get that successfully, they're not really around that much. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So it's not like they're... But Tiffany, no, when I see Tiffany, though, she's the same person. She's very, very nice. Yeah. Cool, you know? So like do some... Like, you know, yeah, they, 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 you kind of all of a sudden move in different circles a lot of times. Oh, do some people, like... Do they like not return your phone calls? Like, do people get to that level where they're so big that like it's not like on purpose? Maybe they just don't have the time, like you said, or do you feel like they sometimes are like? Well, I don't know. I was never, <laughs> I was never actually calling Amy Schumer and Tiffany Haddish very often, oh, right. you know, or, or ever really, you know. It wasn't like. Or was there? Any, like, but the, is there any examples of that? Like where you were close with a comic and then they got really big and then you just lost? Then they kind of stopped returning your phone calls. Not really, no. Comics are pretty humble people, generally. That's you know? cool. I, I, I haven't had that, that happen yet. I mean, it might take them a little longer to get back to you, but I haven't had any. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, you've done a lot of cool TV work. So, you got to tell me about this. You're on one of the biggest shows ever, Modern Family. So, you have to explain to me what it's like to work on that set. Because, I mean, I would assume that you're just you're treated like royalty. Like, to explain, like, the craft services of that place. Because that's one of the biggest shows on TV and like, is there any behind-the-scenes stories you you could tell us about working with that great cast? Well, here's one quick uh, craft services little tidbit, which is so funny because I mean, when I was on that show, that was I don't know when the fuck it was, 2010 or something like that. 2011, yeah. I mean, it was like really at its height, and um, or you know, everyone was talking about it, and it was yeah, it was you know, it's, you're on the Fox lot, it's, it's high levels you can get, you know. But it was funny. We're at craft services, even though he's got to be, you know, he's got millions and millions and millions of dollars. Ed O'Neill, I saw him, they were. The, they were serving like uh, I don't know enchiladas or something. And he asked the guy, "He goes, can you uh, can you can you pack up like eight of these? I want to bring these home, uh, you know, for, uh, for my family." It's like I love that dude. This guy's a billion dollars. Yeah, you know, he's such a cool. It's so cool. He's like, "Yeah, give yeah, box of this stuff for my kids, their family." <laughs> yeah, like, well, they they must have been real. I bet they were really good though, too. Like they might be they better than some of the and restaurants hey, you go not? to. Yeah, he's no schmuck. You know, he got good free food here. Yeah, pack it up. Yeah, I just love the idea of a, a guy like that, so famous, talented, lugging home some food. That's awesome. Thought. Yeah, he's Al Bundy. Yeah. Like, he's like a legend to me. Like, and then one other time, I was walking on set and I saw Manny. He was still a little kid. Start doing like karate chops at like a shack. 
and, and then just returned to being like a child. And then, and then all of a sudden he was back to being an actor. I was like, it's so fucking weird. This kid's making more oh, yeah. money than I'll probably, you know, ever make. And here he is doing would, karate chops yeah. and shit. That would be weird. You, like you have to grow up so fast. I think that's why some of the child actors have such a hard time. Yeah, no, it can be bizarre. Hey, listen, man, I got to, uh, I got a jet cause the show's at seven and we got to grab food before. Okay. Um, but hey, uh, thank you for having me on, man. I wish we could have done this in person and uh, and did it a little longer. Sure, sure. Uh, no, maybe next time I'm in town, you know, let's uh, try to do it in person for sure. Okay, sounds good. Or I'll be in LA at some point, and I'll come see you at the comedy store if you're there. Yeah, please do. And if anyone's listening, uh, I have my own podcast. It's called The Full Release. It's yes, sex with your wife and advice. Who is you a know, urologist? My yeah, my fiance's a dick surgeon urologist <laughs> and. Uh, it's kind of like Loveline, so if yes. anyone wants to check that out, it's called the yes. full release. And also, yeah. your uh, the charity that you're passionate about is Wounded Warriors, so people should check that out. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory Absolutely. what that is, but yeah, that's another thing I want to promote yeah, before you go. That's the thing I do. Uh, every year, I give money to a, a certain charity at the end of the year, and it's often Wounded Warriors and uh, you know our troops. I mean, obviously, got to support them and got to yeah. uh, help them once they if they get injured so okay great charity well, sure. i'll let you get going thanks so much for uh taking the time with me yeah thanks again and again sorry man i'm sorry it's a little quick that's I just, okay uh, pro- buddies come in last minute for spring training and obviously since that's not happening there you gotta entertain them yeah uh, sure they're hanging out there you okay. go thanks. all right buddy have a good Take one care. bye-bye all right bye. well there you have it mo mandel comedian actor extraordinaire super nice guy funny guy just didn't have as much time with him as I'd like, uh, but I'm hoping to correct that in the future if he ever comes and does another show. And I want to see his stand-up live because I've only seen the clips. Um, but definitely check out his Instagram, his podcast, uh, full release with his uh, doctor wife. And um, you can follow me on social media if you like too. Definitely uh, subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it so you don't miss any episodes. And hit me up and let me know who you'd like to see on the show next because I do need some new guests and uh, hopefully we can do some call-ins. Uh, And that will take care of that. Thank you. Thank you for listening.